0: Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com.
1: Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news
2: a couple of my author-speaker buddies who join me regularly, Beatrice Bruno, Drill Sergeant of Life, former Drill Sergeant, and also author and speaker Donna Hetzler, I'm happy to tell you that recently, you know, my live national show is called Daybreak USA. I talked to several of my friends who attended uh, the National Prayer Breakfast, and they said, you know, you expect someone to rock the house at the National Prayer breakfast, like someone who's famous, like the main mm-hmm, speaker mm-hmm. will be, like um uh, uh, Downey, uh, what's her name? Uh, you know, the Christian filmmaker, Roma Downey, Roma yes, Downey, Downey. and her husband mm-hmm. who does Survivor. Like they were the speakers last year. All this Hollywood bar. Yeah. He said. It was a Senate chaplain this year. He raised the roof. And so I want you to hear a little bit of it before we introduce Senate Chaplain Barry C. Black. He's the 62nd chaplain of the U.S. Senate. Here is a little bit of uh, Mr. Black at the National Prayer Breakfast, raising the roof, apparently.
0: I want to talk about making your voice heard in heaven. As has already been stated, our lawmakers get together each week for a prayer breakfast. One of the things that really inspires me about that prayer breakfast is the closing prayer when they stand and join hands and they pray together. To see Republican, Democrat, Independent, praying together. I find myself thinking, where are the C SPAN cameras when you need
2: them? I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Oh, Chaplain Barry C. Black joining us. Welcome, sirs. Uh, we're just uh, thrilled to have you on the good news.
0: Thank you, Angie. It's a joy to be with you.
2: You know, I was uh, looking into some of your books, and I know you have a new book, but I also was taken by the title, From the Hood to the Hill, A Story of Overcoming. And on uh, the good news, we do share a lot of testimonies of people working themselves up, you know, from the valleys of a life. So I want to talk a little bit about your testimony, uh, but go ahead and tell us about your new book first, because I know that's part of the reason you're here, so we want to honor that. And then I want to get into all of the good stuff about your history.
0: Well, six months before the election, about 300 people on Capitol Hill, including myself, decided to fast and pray. Uh, And we engaged in intermittent fasting, where we selected either two meals a day or one meal a day. So for six months, I had no more than one meal a day, as did many others. And we fasted Um, with the request from God, to God, that uh, he would permit his providence to prevail, that his will would be done. And to make sure that our motives were pristine, we scheduled a praise and Thanksgiving service immediately following the election. Now, this group represented of course, a variety of political persuasions, so there was not uh, homogeneity in the voting process for by any means, and yet, when we had the praise and thanksgiving service, because our prayer was, "God, let your will be done," there were people standing in layers around the wall and around the walls, and we praised God. For answering our prayer, about three months into that fast, I, I was impressed uh, by the Matthew 10:16 verse, where Jesus says, "I send you forth as lambs in the midst of wolves," and, and that startled me. Why would a good shepherd do that? Why send a baby sheep, a lamb? Not to a wolf, but in the midst of the predatory, in the midst of wolves, and I had no idea how the election would turn out. I had no idea how people would respond to the election, but the Holy Spirit, I believe, downloaded that book it it 's one of one of the books that I had the easiest time writing. It was almost like taking dictation, and he basically said to survive." in a wolf's world, you need a tough mind and a tender heart. You need, you need to be as wise as a snake and harmless as a dove. Well, the first thing that you ask is, how do you reconcile those two opposites? How, mm-hmm. how do you keep the snake from swallowing up the dub or mm-hmm. keep the dub from from emasculating the snake, how do you have a tough mind and a tender heart and so I look at the seven principles that Jesus gave his disciples as he sent them out two by two into a predatory predatory world, and that's what the book is all about, and it was just it was just so easy to write. I felt the anointing of God. As I typed, I had difficulty keeping up with what the Spirit was downloading. And I think, obviously, I know God knew how the election would turn out. God knew how polarized the country would be. God knew how fearful many people would be. Uh, And the Word of God says in 1 John chapter 4, There is no fear in love, for perfect love will cast out fear. And then in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, the Bible says, God will keep him or her in perfect peace if his or her mind stays focused on the transcendent, on God. And so, uh, this is what that book is all about. How do you have that tough mind and that tender heart so that you will not simply survive but thrive? in a predatory world. And I also have principles and prayers uh, to accompany that whole thematic focus.
2: Love that. Nothing to fear. All right. Were you, uh, again, Senate Chaplain Barry C. Black joining us, were you surprised uh, uh, at the reception that you received? I mean, I know you speak a lot. You're with a lot of, quote-unquote, important people in the world. Were you surprised how... Um, thrilled people were, uh, how much they were talking after you spoke? Because as a man of God, you want to impact people, and you obviously did at the National Prayer Breakfast.
3: Well,
0: Angie, I had scores of people praying for me. And, you know, the Bible says, of the of the gospel, we have a treasure in earthen vessels. The, the Greek is even uh more startling. It says, we have treasures and trash that
3: mm-hmm.
0: the excellency will be of God and not of us. And my wife put it uh, I think uh more accurately than I can she said, there is no way you could have bombed with that many people praying for you.
3: So <laughs>
0: I, 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 you know, she. my wife's calling is to keep me humble, of course. But yes. that, that is what she basically said. Before I got up to speak, ten senators, unsolicited, said, let's pray for the chaplain right now before you oh. speak. You've got ten members of what some calls the most exclusive club on earth right. interceding on behalf of their pastor and saying, God, and you know, please don't let him go down like this. You know, hold him up and use him as an instrument for your glory. So I I am absolutely convinced that it is not because of anything I did. It was it was it was the anointing of God. Angie, when I got up to the podium the president's speech uh, on the teleprompter was there, and there was a module that made it difficult for me to put my notes down. Oh. Okay. And so I basically felt something in my spirit say, trust me. And so I closed my little folder, and I literally stepped into a wave of the Spirit of God. And oh. it, the only... Uh, the only part that was not extemporaneous or you might even say impromptu was the scripture that I read um, uh, from from one of the epistles of Timothy. The rest of it was totally depending upon the holy spirit and i and I think that that was what God permitted to happen in response to the prayers of so many people. He did not want me trusting in myself. He wanted me working without a net. He had a message that he wanted the nation to hear,
3: mm-hmm. even
0: the world to hear. We've had invitations to go to the Ukraine, to Romania, to wow. uh, various places in Africa, uh, because there were people there who were uh, who felt the power of the Spirit of God uh, at that at that time. You know, I had to get the DVD to find out some of the stuff I said, <laughs> because it, it was not in the notes, okay? Wow. And so that was what that was all about, Angie. That was a move of God for a desperate man who had a lot of people praying for him. And as you know, Brenda Faye Pearsall-Black, my, my wife of 44 years, put it, Uh, There's no way you could have bombed with that many people praying for
2: you. Well, I, uh, I love the whole idea that Jesus transforms people. And, you know, 20 years of doing hard news, I really wanted to deliver good news, but the good news to Christ. And you heard me introduce one of my friends here, Beatrice Bruno, who was a drill sergeant, and now she's an author. And she and I, I mean, she's black, I'm white. I grew up with a dad as a professor who'd gone to law school. She grew up poor in the South. I lost a brother to murder, lots of, you know, alcoholism, violence, uh, um, drug addictions, she and I have really bonded and we've become the best of friends from completely different backgrounds but with the same stories and I think that the ability of Christ to restore people who are so broken to me is still one of the most um, awe-inspiring things to sit here behind this microphone and have people sit in front of me whose lives have been transformed through Jesus. And so when I saw uh, the title of one of your other books, From the Hood to the Hill, A Story of Overcoming, I thought, well, I'll bet you there's a good Jesus story in there. And I know your mom was a powerful Christian figure in your life. Would you mind telling us a little bit of your testimony?
0: Well, Andy, I grew up in Freddie Gray's neighborhood and for those who may not recognize that that's the neighborhood in baltimore maryland that exploded after the death of a young man uh while he was being transported mm-hmm. somewhere to jail or whatever uh in a in a, poli- a police van mm-hmm. and th- so that's the pathology that i knew that's the poverty that i knew my family was on welfare for all of my um, my my uh, life, uh, uh, my, my young life and, until uh, adulthood. And yet my mother, who only had a fourth-grade education, um, she was the daughter of a South Carolina sharecropper, ensured that we learned the Word of God and that we matriculated at Christian school. So my seven siblings and I matriculated at Christian schools from grade one all the way through college, I am the first male on my father 's side to graduate from college, uh, but yet all of my siblings graduate from college. I mean, wow. what is the statistical probability of what is essentially a single parent home yeah uh, and yet all of the children go to college and to graduate school wow. and so it was a miracle. it was what a One prophet called a brand plucked from the burning. God plucked <laughs> eight brands from the burning. And the key was my mother, almost before we could talk, got the Word of God in us, and it transformed our lives. It was a lamp for our feet and a light from our path. Uh, I was once invited to go along, 1962, invited to go along. It was right after my birthday, in fact, with two young men from my neighborhood, uh, I would at just turned fourteen. Let help us get back with someone. That morning, I had I had memorized Proverbs one ten. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. And on the strength of that verse, I said, No, I'm not going with you all. Those two young men committed murder. They got life in prison. Had I gone with them, I would have received the same judicial consequence. The Word of God, and that's just one example of the Word of God Mm -hmm. keeping me from a life-ending move, you know, uh, just totally destroying my life. Um, I I can think of at least four other examples of something similar to that happening, set-ups, sting operations, all of the trickery Mm -hmm. of that kind of subculture, and yet the Word of God, a shield, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, as in my opinion, as well as the sword. Ephesians 6 says the sword of the Spirit, it's the shield of faith. But those those two combined, and it was a shield that protected me and my siblings so that Isaiah fifty four seventeen no weapon formed against us, was able to prosper. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is, when I was eight years of age, my mother brought home a record Uh, that the lady for whom she worked gave her. My mother was a domestic, and I memorized the record. It was a narration record. It was a record of Peter Marshall, the 57th chaplain of the United States Senate, and I had no idea that I would be a successor to Peter Marshall. Wow. But, Angie, the Bible says... Ephesians 3.20, God is able to do immeasurably, abundantly, above all that we can ask or imagine.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And he placed that marker in my life. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, what is the statistical probability of an eight-year-old African-American in the toxic pathology of the inner city mm-hmm. memorizing the complete sermon of the 57th chaplain of the Senate, and this kid grows up when there's never been an African-American chaplain of the mm-hmm. Senate before to become the 62nd chaplain of the Senate. In fact, the editor from Thomas Nelson called me, Thomas Nelson published a book, and he said, we love we the book. They said, our question is, however, is it fiction or nonfiction? <laughs> I said, it's an autobiography. They said, okay, well, then that's fine. They said, because if you were writing a novel, if it were fiction, The plot would be too incredible. You you would be trying to tell me that a kid without a father, mother on welfare, only a fourth grade education, grows up to become the only African-American admiral in the history of the United States Navy Chaplain Corps, And before he can retire from that assignment, becomes the only African-American chaplain of the United States Senate. He said it would strain credulity, uh, credulity, but since it actually happened, (laughs) I guess we might as well publish it. So that's
3: that's
0: what From the Hood to the Hill is all about. It is one story after another story of the miraculous movement of God, not only in my life, but in the life of my siblings, even in the life of my nomadic father, uh, God has a sense of humor. He eventually became a Christian Mm. responding to an invitation of discipleship that I made when I was a seminarian. I was a student in the seminary, came home, Members of the church saw that I was there, Barry's home. Uh, well, son, come up and preach today. I w- got up and preached, had no idea that my father had even sneaked into wow. uh, the, the congregation. At the end, made an invitation to discipleship, and my father, with uh, coveralls and not with, with Sunday go to meet and clothes by any stretch of the imagination, came down and accepted Jesus as his personal Savior. And when he died, he died covered with the robe of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. God used me, and and trust me, I was a reluctant instrument because I had all kinds of anger toward my father. But God, through his Holy Spirit, used me to be the instrument for my father's conversion. I've often said if God could use a donkey to get Balaam's attention. He could certainly <laughs> use me to get my father's attention. So that's what From the Hood to the Hill is all about. It's, a, it's that story after story of how God moved in the life of a kid who, quite frankly, should be another one of those statistics, you know. yes, awarded the state, awarded the criminal justice system, and instead has enabled me and my siblings to become contributing members not only of society but of the kingdom of heaven and and the beauty of being able to stand at a national prayer breakfast with the president of the united states to my right the vice president of the united states to my left Angie, the king of jordan to my center yeah i mean come on uh, uh, speakers of parliament from all around the world. To, to, to use this unlikely instrument, it's what Paul was talking about, that the excellency mm-hmm. will be of God and not of us. When people can see what God can do to people with
2: unpromising starts. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting you say that because uh, I speak with these ladies who are joining me, and that's one of the things I talk about getting out of the victim chair, and it doesn't matter how far you started behind the starting line, you can I still see. reach the trophy in life, whatever that trophy is for yes. you. And for me, it was creating a family home where there wasn't violence or cursing or alcoholism or drugs. Yes. And I've yes. done it, and you've done it. Will you stay yes. with us? Because my girlfriends here who are joining me, authors and speakers, are chomping at the bit to ask you a couple of questions. Can you stay a few I, more minutes? I
0: certainly can. Actually, Excellent.
2: Senate Chaplain Barry C. Black, a 60-second chaplain of the U.S. Senate, author of Nothing to Fear, Principles uh, and Prayers to Help You Thrive in a Threatening World, also From the Hood to the Hill, as you just heard, and And The Blessing blessing of Adversity. (laughs) We'll be right back.
0: The Good News of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver.
2: Hi, it's Angie with the Good News. I want to tell you about a little boy, Carson. He's eight years old, and his mom died of breast cancer. And I would love it if you would sponsor him for some art classes. Also, he doesn't like talking about his feelings after losing his mom. So he's taking dance and movement classes, and that therapy costs about $100. And so if you would like to sponsor eight-year-old Carson, who lost his mom to breast cancer, to these classes that he really enjoys, the Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation would love to help. 720 530 nine Four eight two, Or go to DoreenCatsMemorial.org. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, would you like to donate items? You know, maybe some old sporting equipment, old furniture, old clothing. You'd like the tax write-off. You'd like to help others, but it's kind of a hassle to gather it all up and drop it off and you're just too busy. Well, guess what? Our thrift stores, they will come right to you, to your house, pick up your items, and leave you your tax write-off donation form. How do you do that? Call 303 303- Two three eight Jane, two three eight five two six three. And again, all of these items that you donate, they help people right in our own community. As they help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And what better thing to do with your items that you no longer need than to help others? I shop at ARC all the time. I get my kids sporting equipment, gotten a rocking chair. I've gotten boots there. I have a purse that's amazing that still had the tags on it. It's a coach bag, and I got it at ARC. I shop there, and I help others, and I donate my items. Items about once every month or two And I call 303-238-JANE And they come right to my house with a truck And they pick everything up Here, check it out Again, 303-238-JANE Hey, it's Angie Austin Do you want to lose weight, have more energy, sleep better Just feel better, live longer, not get sick? Yeah, me too So a little over a year ago My family started working with Dr. Joe And he has helped us so much Especially with my mom She's now walking again uh, She uses a cane But she wears a pedometer as well, Dr. Joe And every Saturday You offer for all of us We can come to your office have a free workout, or just watch the workout and come and ask you questions and meet you. It costs them nothing, no obligation. I just want people to get to know you and your passion for health.
4: Science says the key to sleeping better, the key to depression, the key to losing weight and balancing hormones is exercise. But not a lot of it, just six to 12 minutes a day. And so whether I'm working with Olympic athletes or professional athletes or mommies and daddies, people in their 50s, 60s, even 70s, on these workouts on Saturday at 8.30, man, we have a great time and it literally is a 12-minute workout. It's all it is. And it's easy stuff to do. You work at your own pace. And you get amazing results.
2: Yes, yeah, so come to North Glen Saturdays, it's free. How do they reach you, Dr. Joe? Call my cell phone, 303 349 6011. Again, 303 349 6011. All right. If you are looking for the most amazing place to go with your family, where you will create so many memories, then go to my favorite place that hopefully will become your favorite place. YMCA, the Rockies, two locations, Snow Mountain Branch, and also Estes Park. They've got a deal now as you head into spring. Now dates vary, but the deal is phenomenal. Three nights in a lodge room for $168, and it includes two free breakfasts. And you get Almost all of the activities for free. You get to swim. You get to roller skate. At one of the locations, there's a lot of sledding. They give you the tubes for free to borrow. You can also pay a little extra for rock climbing. They've got a lot of neat events. But the cabin deal is also really good. A three-bedroom cabin you can get for as low as $145 per night. So it's a four-night stay in a three-bedroom cabin for $582. Call 888-613-9622. 888-613-9622. Or you can head to the website, ymcarockies.org. Welcome back to the good news. Beatrice Bruno, drill sergeant of Life, joining us. Uh, We've got Donna Hetzler here, author and speaker, and Beatrice Bruno. And also, uh, he stuck around for us. We sure appreciate it. Senate Chaplain Barry C. Black, the 62nd chaplain of the U.S. Senate. Uh, I first saw him speak, actually, at the National Prayer Breakfast. Had several friends there and said that he brought down the house. And then uh, I started looking into his books, Nothing to Fear, Principles and Prayers to Help You Thrive in a Threatening World. We were also talking about uh, From the Hood to the Hill, a uh, story of overcoming. By Barry C. Black, and then the blessing of adversity finding your God given purpose in life's troubles. Uh, thanks for sticking around, Mr. Black.
3: It's my pleasure, Angie.
2: All right. So as we're listening to your transformation uh, through Jesus, your mother with a fourth-grade education who was a domestic, and your father not there, your eight siblings uh, going to uh, all graduated from college, and your mom's strong Christian influence. I know that my author friends have uh, come up with a couple of questions. Beatrice, do you want to start?
3: Absolutely. Well, for, first of all, sir,
0: let me just say this: I'm so proud of you, and, and it is not because that we're both African American. It's not because um, you know any of uh, anything like that. It's because you're military, and they. Well you, praise you, the Lord! Amen. And <laughs> and you have, um, come from a a navy commander um, to be the chaplain of the U.S. Senate. What do what changes, or or what can I say? I, I'm so excited to talk with you because you just have such a powerful story, and I, I'm just, oh my gosh, I, I'm really just happy to be talking with you. But what? differences, if any, have you noticed in what you're doing right now as the chaplain of the United States Senate versus the the chief chaplain of the United States Navy? Well, interestingly enough, there are far more similarities than differences. Um, in As a chief of chaplains for the Navy or as a military chaplain in general, I provide ministry in a setting of religious diversity. So I'm concerned about not just Christians, but I'm concerned about my Jewish uh, soldiers and sailors. I'm concerned about my Islamic soldiers and sailors. In fact, I have imams in my chaplain corps, and rabbis in my chaplain corps. Mm -hmm. I'm concerned about my Hindus. Uh, And so um, I coordinate uh, uh, religious ministry for them and ensure that I meet their needs uh, my focus is uh primarily Christian, obviously because I am a Christian, but I also take care of the others as well. I do the same on Capitol Hill uh We have Jewish senators, Jewish staffers uh Muslim senators and uh, a, a Muslim member of the House, but Muslim staffers uh, who have Ramadan and other um Isla- Islamic holy days. Uh, I bring in a rabbi for Torah studies. Uh, We've had a Hindu priest in our guest chaplain's program. The Dalai Lama has come. Uh, So uh, it is very, very similar. You do a lot of invocations and benedictions in the military. Mm -hmm. You don't convene a session of the Senate without an invocation, and I've certainly done my fair share Mm -hmm. of uh, benedictions as well in the 14 years that I've been on Capitol Hill. So there really are you know very few um um dissimilarities i mean we're not in uniform obviously right. and we're not under orders and we don't have to deploy uh when our baby boy is 10 days old like <laughs> i had to do 6 months to the mediterranean on a ship uh-huh. but there's a there's a tremendous similarity a tremendous diversity and you conduct Bible studies and worship services and spiritual Mm -hmm. mentoring classes to a splendid group of different people, different religions, Mm -hmm. different races, different genders, uh, different denominations. It's a wonderful experience, and it reminds me... Uh, what Jesus prayed for in John 17, his mm. his his major intercessory prayer for not only his disciples but for all people of faith, he could have petitioned the Father for anything, mm-hmm. and he said, "Father, make them one mm-hmm. as we are one." Amen. And that's the opportunity that I've had in my 27 years in the, in the Navy and now uh, my almost 14 years on Capitol Hill.
2: Amen. And n- not just the religious diversity, but also, let's be honest, the political diversity and, yes. you know, serving people on both sides of the political fence, per se. Uh, so a lot of diversity there, too.
0: That's absolutely correct, Angie. But Christ becomes the unifying factor yes. in that, and we see that with the woman at the well in John chapter four. She tried to talk about their differences. Well, we worship on Mount Gerizim, and you worship in Jerusalem, and on and on and on. And Jesus said, "Girlfriend," <laughs> he, he, he said, "That's what it says in the Greek, Angie." Right. He said, "Girlfriend," he, he, he said, "He said, don't put God in a box." Right. He said, "God is a spirit." He said, we worship him in spirit and in truth, uh, geographical location doesn't matter. To That's, him. That's the kind of unity that Christ brings so that even partisan politics will not matter. And and time and time again, in our legislative process, a gang of emerges, a gang of twelve, a gang of six. Inevitably, the members of, the, of that gang are... Uh, People who come to Bible study regularly and people who come to the prayer breakfast on a regular basis who know one another at the spiritual level, who basically say, Enough is enough. And they unite together for constructive means to help ensure that America's stay strong.
2: I love that Jesus can unify people of all different races, creeds, you know, uh, political backgrounds, etc., the great unifier. Donna Hetzler, also an author and speaker, and uh, has her own ministry, and she has a question as well.
4: Absolutely. I'm just so inspired by you, and in a time of of such division and fear, um, I love how you quoted Jesus about us being one, being one, and you also said, when your prayer is, God, thy will be done, When we align our prayers with him, it shakes the heavens and the earth. It changes things. It changes from a diversity to unity atmosphere. And that's what you're doing. And so how can you encourage us and the listeners to have that prayer? Because we all pray, oh, Lord, let this happen. But really, we need to be aligning our prayers with let your will be done. So how well, do you
0: do that? Uh, Donna, I think—and and, and I, I think you've got a future in preaching, by the way—I <laughs> oh, uh, uh, <laughs> think the way to do it, for me, is to pray the Our Father. Mm. Most of us say the Our Father, mm-hmm. okay? And you can get through the Our Father in probably less than a minute if you say it quickly enough. Mm. But praying the Our Father, as our Lord intended for us to do, as the model prayer, he provides us with the themes and the topics for our conversation with him. He is basically starting the conversation with the Our Father. I pray the Our Father probably 10 to 15 times a day.
3: Um,
0: it, It takes me anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes to get through it. You cannot pray the Our Father without dealing with the theme, Thy kingdom come. Right. How, how do you use me to ensure that the rule of your kingdom happens on earth? Right. I will mm-hmm. be done mm-hmm. on earth <laughs> mm-hmm. as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Father, am I in your will? Mm-hmm. Is this where you want me? Not is it right or wrong, but is this where you want me right now? And, and Donna, if you pray that sincerely and mm-hmm. unpack. The Holy Spirit will help you unpack that theme of what it means, thy will be done mm-hmm. on earth as it is in heaven. Most of us reverse the prayer that our blessed Lord prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, and we say, not thy will, but my will be done.
3: True. Mm-hmm. See,
0: our Father forces us to say, let your will be done. I want to be in your will. I want to p- play the role you have assigned me to play. Mm-hmm. You know, I probably would not have chosen the role of a, an African-American kid of a single-parent home with seven siblings. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the role God gave me to play. Right. That's right. And, 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 and so I'm in the circle of His will when I, pray, when I, when I, when I play that role to the best of my ability. And he is the one who empowers me to do that. And when that when that's my focus, then I have what I call a GPS, a godly positioning system. Okay? <laughs> yep. See see Amen. my 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 GPS, my temporal GPS doesn't speak until I need some direction. Mm-hmm. I I can drive or, you know, if it doesn't say anything I know I'm going in the right direction. Then it said, In eight tenths of a mile, they are right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so it's the same with being in the will of God. You know, I I tell my Bible study students on Capitol Hill, stupid proof your life. The way you do that, James 1-5, if anyone lacks wisdom and we do let him or her ask of God who gives it liberally. So, you know, every day you ask him for wisdom. That, That places you in his will. There is no way, Donna, that the sovereign God of the universe is going to permit me to do something stupid when that morning... You know, the first thing I said... I want your wisdom to guide and direct me. I want mm-hmm. to be in the circle of your will. That is what our Lord is talking about in Matthew 6:33 when he says, "But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness." What is the kingdom of God? The couplet in the Our Father, Matthew 6, "Thy kingdom come, explain it, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." When the will of God is done for us individually and collectively on earth as it is in heaven, his kingdom is ruling. And that should—that's what we seek first. And when that happens, all of the other things will be added unto it. So I would become a committee of one to pray that our Father, spending plenty of time with the petition, "Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven," and I do that. I've been doing it for decades now, and I guarantee you, you'll be in the will of God, and you will be able to motivate others to be in the will of God, because God will will speak. To, to groups of people, the same thing. That's that's the unity that the Holy Spirit can bring us in these challenging times.
2: Awesome. And if you're just joining us on the good news, uh, uh, you're listening to Senate Chaplain Barry C. Black, the 62nd Chaplain of the U.S. Senate. Uh, we started off talking about uh, his speech at, recently at the National Prayer Breakfast, and um, Mr. Black, I was reading one of the reviews under uh, one of your books we discussed earlier, From the Hood to the Hill, A Story of Overcoming, and I think it really does uh, play into what you were just speaking about. It says, uh, this is from Barb, it says, best help besides the Bible for getting through this life. Chaplain Black's book is outstanding. His inspirational story shows us in a clear understanding how important it is to let Jesus guide your life. I think, um, as we spoke earlier, um, you know, coming from a difficult background as well, so many people, I think, sit in the victim chair of life and they start way behind the start line and they never get to the finish line of a trophy in life whatever that may be because they're so stuck in that victim chair Um, your mother obviously inspired you eight kids basically a single mom uh, brought you up with jesus in the driver's seat so how how do we let jesus guide our life and how do we not sit in that victim chair i you know my mother was a victim of domestic violence My dad's back in my life. We reunited after 35 years. Mom still has a lot of, um, you know, she's still in the victim chair. And my dad has clearly moved on. And there's a lot of forgiveness, and that's a really beautiful thing that the Lord allows us to have that. But for the people who are sitting in a victim chair right now saying, yeah, but you probably got help with your college education. Yeah, but maybe your brother um, helped or, you know, put you through school. Yeah, but maybe you didn't have abuse in your family. Yeah, but so many people have excuses as to why they do nothing with their lives and they don't let Jesus come to the rescue. What do we do?
0: Well, I think the first thing that you do, and I, I hinted at it in my National Prayer Breakfast speech, is to realize that the value of an object is based upon the price someone is willing to pay. Oh. And First Peter one eighteen and 19 says, we are redeemed not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. So when I realized and I discovered that at the age of 10. I connected the dots when I memorized those two verses. The value of an object is based upon the price someone is willing to pay. If God is willing to give his life for me, right. my goodness, I must be pretty special.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay?
0: So no one was ever able to make me feel inferior after that. The second thing that helped me is Romans eight twenty eight. In everything... God is working for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purposes. Nothing can happen to us that God cannot transform into a constructive stepping stone. Stumbling blocks are stepping stones. Joseph, in Genesis 37, longest biography in the Bible, Genesis 37 through 50, Joseph had homicidal brothers sell him into slavery into Mm -hmm. Egypt, Mm God was just giving Joseph transportation to the nation <laughs> where Joseph would become prime minister. Like of an a Uber. Superpower. It was like an That's Uber. Right. <laughs> e- exactly. And in Genesis 50, verse 20, Joseph said to his brothers, You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I would say to those who are questioning, but the enemy, the devil, may mean it for evil, okay? First Peter 5, 8 calls him a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But God means it for good. Trust him. You are valuable, or God would not have given his son. You are special, and God is your number one cheerleader. He says in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I know the plans that I have for you. Here is the omniscient God giving us a glimpse into his thinking. He says, I want to prosper you. I-, I want to give you a future. And then I love it. He says, I want to lead you to an expected end. Uh, I, was, I was invited to be a guest chaplain to pray at the, at the, at the, at the Senate. And I, I I prayed, and then I was invited up to the chaplain's office. And the chaplain's office overlooks the mall, America's front yard. So when I walked through the door, I said, "Oh my God!" There was the Lincoln, the the Washington Monument ahead of me, with the reflecting pool behind it, with the iconic Lincoln Memorial, where the famous "I Have a Dream" and I'm looking at it, and that's where the chaplain's desk is. And I I hate to say it. Um, Angie, but I began to covet the job.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I (laughs) bet.
0: I I went back. I keep a to-do list for God in the back of my devotional Bible. It's an expanding list. It it had 33 things on it when I came to the Senate, and now it has 37. 28 of them have already been done.
3: Wow. And
0: and I wrote Chaplain of the United States Senate. This is like... Fifteen months before I was invited to to uh, interview for the job, never thought of the fact that they never had a career military officer in the job. Never thought of the fact that they had and never had an African American in the job. Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine, Ephesians three twenty, nothing is impossible to God. Hmm. And that's what I'm talking talking about. He wants to give us a future. He wants to give us a hope. Here's the kid who at eight. Memorize the sermon of the chaplain of the United States Senate. I was able to connect the dots. Why is God now inviting me mm. to be a guest chaplain to pray in the guest chaplain's program if he's not up to something? Uh, he was and so that's what up I would challenge something. people to do. You know, trust God. The, 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 the passage that captures it in a nutshell is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart so intensity matters. Lean not upon your own understanding. That's why you ask him for wisdom on a daily basis. James 1, five. in all your ways acknowledge him. That's the will of God part. Am I in the will of God? No, let nothing happen to you where the God factor is not there. Is this what he wants for my life right now? And the promise is, Proverbs 3.6, the final word, he will direct your
2: I love it. Amen. Senate Chaplain Barry C. Black. Check out all of his books at Amazon.com. Chaplain Black, thank you so much for your time. God bless you for all you're doing. God bless you. Thank you. Bless
0: you all. And just keep lifting me in prayer. James 516, the effectual, fervent prayers of the righteous avail much.
2: Oh, we will. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Angie with the good news. Well, the good news is that if you're feeling loss, a loss of a loved one, loss of a job, just feeling down and like you're stuck in the past, Sandy Steffes is a friend of mine. Sandy Steffes, Spirit Coaching, -coaching spirit-coaching.net, 720. 353-9573. She has come up with a plan that helps you get unstuck, get out of the past, set goals and move forward. If you'd like to work with Sandy, I highly recommend her. Again, Sandy Steffes, spiritcoaching.net, 720-353-9573.
1: Natalie Corrado of Remax is the realtor that truly does it all. But don't take my word for it. Just listen to some of the reviews from her website, livingdenver.com. Valerie in Highlands Ranch said,
4: Natalie's knowledge and expertise, as well as her professionalism and warm personality, more than exceeded our expectations. My mother stated that
1: we need to clone her. And how about Jen in Parker?
4: What else to say about Natalie Carrado except amazing? She made the home buying process stress free and easy.
1: And just listen to what Courtney and Kylan of Castle Rock said. We couldn't have asked for a smoother transaction.
4: And definitely could not have done it without Natalie as our realtor. If you use Natalie, you're not going to regret it.
1: She is the best. When you have Natalie on your side, you won't be wondering if you made the right choice. It doesn't matter if you are selling your house, buying a new house, or both. Find Natalie Corrado at Remax Realtors at LivingDenver.com and she will get the job done. Your next shopping trip could change the lives of some very special people right here in Colorado. When you shop at ARC Thrift Stores, you'll
4: not only save money, but you'll also give back to our community by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, just like these ARC Ambassadors. A lot of people, they have misconceptions about people with disabilities. A lot of them think that we can't do things that other people can do, and that's just not true. We can do what other people can do. It may take us a little bit more time to do it, but we can. We're just like any other human being we have feelings and we have emotions and if given the chance we can shine and i think that ark has done a very good job at showing that
0: i like it there and it helps me out to learn about reading off the labels and stuff like helping out different people a lot of different people i help out find the
4: ark store near you at arkthrift.org it's non nonprofit and it's a great company to work for and a great place to shop and remember every saturday you get 50 percent off most items in the store when going to a chiropractor, you may be thinking that they won't be able to help you for the long term. However, Dr. Joe Arvey at Maximize Living will change your mind. The moment you meet him, you will find that he is your best friend. He treats you like you are part of his family, and he truly cares about you and your health. He is very knowledgeable about long-term health and wellness. Through the use of spinal correction, he helps you discover what it takes to be a healthier you and will help you feel better even after your first adjustment. He will also share with you the essentials to healthy living so you can take your health back. No matter what stage of life you're in, he will help you develop a plan to achieve the goals you set. Get ready to make a positive change in your life. Give him a call at 303-457-8080. 303-457-8080 or SpineGeek.com. Maximized living, adjustments for life.
2: Hi there, Angie with the good news here. I have a question for you. Are you ever overwhelmed by investing? I know I am. Well, today we have expert help, Aaron Levine, head of Merrill Edge at Bank of America, joining us to talk about goal-based investing and tips for online investors. Welcome back to the show, Aaron.
1: Oh, thanks, Angie. Always good to be back with you.
2: All right. So, tell us about online investing platforms and Merrill Edge guided investing. What's this about?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, when we think about online investing platforms in general, right, there's really three components that make them so appealing. One, they're very accessible, right, so you can do it through a you know, laptop or your phone. Uh, second, they're, they're all very easy to use. So the process of opening an account and, and really funding it, all of that, it's really simple and easy. And, and the third is that they're affordable, right, from a, from a cost standpoint, uh, that type of uh, investing is, is lower cost than a lot of others. What's special about uh, Merrill Lynch Guided Investing and what we've tried to do is we've, we have, obviously, through Merrill Lynch, you know, world-class research and world-class uh, investment managers. We've taken that group, uh, our chief investment office, and we said, how do we then make it accessible, easy to use, and affordable? So we've basically taken their advice and guidance and put it through to a digital platform so our clients uh, can get the benefit of that professional management but do it all through an online platform.
2: Well, it sounds like some definite benefits of using an online investing platform with the expertise that uh, you're able to uh, get uh, from Merrill Edge. Anything else uh, in terms of benefits of using online investing?
1: Well, one of the great benefits is your ability to, to be informed, right? To be an educated in, investor. And so the, the ability on any given day uh, to, to see w- what's happening. And, you know, obviously you have days like what's going on. And there's a lot of change in the markets. And uh-huh. so many times people wonder, what does that mean and how does it impact? You know, this gives you a chance to sort of watch it real time, uh, but also, you know, prevents you from sort of making, you know, snap decisions that, you know, ultimately may not make the right sense uh-huh. longer term. So okay. the f- fact that it's professionally managed. You know, you prevent you from maybe, you know, that knee jerk reaction that so many people have on a a good or a bad day.
2: Okay, I would think that younger people are pretty comfortable with online investing platforms and even my, you know, middle of the road group. But, you know, overall, (laughs) are Americans, you think, comfortable now using online investment platforms?
1: Yeah, it's been fascinating. You, know, you certainly, as you said, you know, the younger, the millennials, you know, Gen X, we've we've seen them obviously very quickly adapt and and really you know demand the kind of an online investing experience. Right. But more and more, we're, you know, we're seeing boomers, we're seeing you know more seniors, you know, also saying you know what, you know, they've gotten used to using technology now, and they're starting to be more comfortable, and they like mm-hmm. again that convenience, that ability to sort of have transparency to it. So uh, it's all generations, but certainly the younger ones are are the ones who are adopting it the fastest.
2: Well, do you think computers can replace the advice that advisors offer?
1: You know, At the end of the day, I don't think a, a computer can ever replace the full scope of what an advisor can do and really having that ability for an advisor to say, you know, understand your entire set of life priorities and then how to help you over time. I think the computer does a great job of, of helping invest a specific amount of money for kind of a specific s- sort of goal and, and do it you know, cheaply and, and do it easy to use. But a, a human advisor at the end of the day is still the best way to really think about how do I you know, manage across a lot of different life priorities?
2: You know, my son set up his online investment account when he was 10, and we just did this thing called Ameritown, where uh, he got to work in an investment firm, per se, and they ran a town for a day. So in terms mm-hmm. of someone like an amateur like my son, he thinks it's fascinating, by the way, and he's actually made money. <laughs> so what, what tips would you offer to those who are new to online investing, not just your 10 or 11-year-old, but you know, um, people that may have just never tried it on their own?
1: Yeah, well, hey, it's great to hear your son's interested. So you know, we're always looking for talent. so let me let me know if he wants a, a job someday. Um, you know, I think I always tell our clients, education is in educating yourself, and the fact that on a, a site like MerrillEdge.com, there's so much research that's just readily available and, and and free, right? Whether it's research on the markets themselves and investing, or more broadly on how to invest and how to think about. You know, the components of, you know, what's your time horizon, how much risk and and what happens. You can use tools to say, boy, if I invested this much and I took this much risk, what could happen? The scenarios of, you know, what's the upside and what is the downside and really understanding your comfort level with that downside. Mm -hmm. I think that's most critical and you can do that either online or, or in person to really understand, you know, how investments are impacted by changes over time.
2: I want to make sure that we know how to open a Merrill Edge guided investing account and where we can go for more info. So where do we go?
1: You go to MerrillEdge.com or certainly can walk into one of our Bank of America financial centers across the country and talk to one of our advisors.
2: Wonderful. Great to have you back, Aaron.
1: i right, always appreciate it. Thanks, Angie.